Welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here today. I want to welcome everybody who's watching us online. Thank you for joining us that way. Uh, we just um, experienced that that song was an experience. What kind of man loves a bottle that way? To allow it to destroy your life and hurt the people around you. And I know that a lot of us are familiar with addiction. Addiction can be a horrible, life-robbing, painful experience. Whether it's addiction to alcohol or drugs, seems to be the ones that we really focus on. But there are so many other addictions that hurt our lives, cause us pain. And here's the point. We wish we didn't do it. We just wish we didn't. And I know a lot of people are addicted to prescription drugs. Maybe pass it off most of the time. It's not a big deal. But deep down inside, there is this I wish. I wish so bad I didn't do that. So many other addictions. As a matter of fact, I believe every single one of us have been hurt by addictions in our life. Maybe not as clear as drugs and alcohol, but the addiction to anger can be just as hurtful. The addiction to rage and anger and talking down to people can be so hurtful to the people around us and it's so hurtful to us when we later think about it. But just like other addictions, we don't want to do it. What kind of a man allows anger to hurt the people in his life? Or maybe it's pride. What kind of a person thinks they're better than others? What kind of a person thinks they're better than other people? And the hurt that that causes in, in, in people's lives and even in our own. So oftentimes our addiction to spending doesn't seem as bad as drugs and alcohol, but it sure can be hurtful. It can hurt the family. It can hurt everybody around you. It can even hurt yourself. That the bills at the end of the month are so much more than what you can. You're, you're buried by it all the time and you don't want to do it. But yet, we seem to go back to it, don't we? It's an addiction. Pride and arrogance, impatience, uh, uh, stubbornness. It just hurts the people around us. These, these addictions we have, that we keep doing it. We feel bad afterwards. Every time, the morning after, there's this remorse, this is bad. We have no intention of doing it again. But yet we do. We go right back there and do it again. Hurt the people around us. Take advantage of them and have remorse over it. Some of us have silent addictions like pornography. And we know it hurts our spouse. We know it hurts us with the guilt afterwards. And we, we have no intention of doing it again. I will not do that. What kind of a man? puts his lust on paper or videos. What kind of man would do that? A man that's addicted, something that's controlling their life. We all have different addictions. We do. Sometimes our addictions are in such a way, our, our pride or arrogance or, or maybe our stubbornness, that we aren't ashamed of it. It's just the way I am. It's even more hurtful than those of us who know 
that we shouldn't behave this way. It's very hurtful. We don't want to do it. And, and I see our, our, uh, our addictions sometimes are so hard on us and they're, they're so, I don't know, they cause all kinds of guilt and pain in our lives, but yet we keep doing it. it it's like an analogy here is a, an Oreo cookie. I'm not talking about cookies, but if we could just look at this cookie as our addiction, whatever it might be from pornography to spending to anger to pride to whatever it might be, None of us want it. We put it aside. We put our hand on I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay away from it. And so oftentimes, by staying away from it, it makes us even more angry. We feel good for a while that, look, I have power over this addiction, but yet it's on my mind all of the time. It makes me irritable because I'm not doing this. And then, inevitably, all of us, secretly, Go back. And we indulge in our addiction again. And then we'll stay away from it again. And it's a constant battle in our lives and it is hurtful and we wish so bad I could be free of it. If most of you are, but if you're a churchgoer, if you're a Christian and a churchgoer, if you watching us online are, I want to tell you it's worse for you than somebody who doesn't go to church. It's worse for you because not only do we have these addictions that we feel bad and they hurt others, but we have something added to it, and that is that we hurt God, something called sin. And we read things like this. We're taught things like this in church. And when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. These addictions, now, now we got on top of that that it is sin, it is against God, don't do it, all of this guilt of sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins just like it. So now we got on that, on us, now we got, well, I got to behave and I got to follow God. And you know what? I, I can't have uh, selfish ambitions. It can't be about me and jealousy. I got to let it go. And not only am I hurting people, hurting myself, I don't want to do it, but now I'm hurting God. And we get all of this added on to us. And we still do it. Oh, we do it with more guilt, but we still do it. And I think for somebody who's not a churchgoer, maybe not a Christian, but somebody who doesn't go to church, not around Christians, and if you're watching online, maybe you fit into this category. I think as, as non-Christians or non-churchgoers look at those of us who are Christians and go to church, I think they look at us like we're a joke because they hear us say these things. They hear us preach the gospel. They hear us say that, you know, this is against God. Immorality is terrible. Don't do it. Don't do it. Immorality. Don't live an immoral life and don't do that. And they see the impurity, lustful pleasures. And we are really good at holding these standards for everybody else but us. Sometimes we think we do. But I think the non-Christian looks at the churchgoer and says, are these people really that stupid? I think these people really think they're telling me not to do that, but I watch. 
I work with them. They're in my family. I can see these Christians saying all this stuff, but I see they're just as selfish as I am. I see, look at how selfish that they want their way all the time at work. You know what? They're, they're, they're jealous. They're, they talked out. Somebody's got a newer car, a newer boat, or a nicer house. They're just as jealous. And I, and I think non-Christians look at the Christian world and say, these people are so deceived. They say, don't do all this stuff, but I look in their own lives, and they do the same thing. And here's the problem. Nobody wants to do those things, but we do. And we feel good about ourselves if we don't do one of them. Oh, you know what? Um, you know, and I'm not impure, even though we probably all are, but I'm not impure. So we feel pretty good about some of these things. But we are slaves to these other bondages and these other things in our life that we, we can't break free. But, but if we get serious, if we get some of us, if we get enough hurt in our lives, we will go seek help. We'll go to recovery. We'll go to church meetings. We'll join a group. We'll, we'll start reading self-help books telling us to be positive. You know, tell us to do. And, and we'll learn. And, and here, here's what we learn when we go for help. We learn, and, and good-meaning people say this, well, try harder. You're not trying hard enough. You know what? Put that pornography away. Bounce your eyes. Be positive. Don't be around people that do that. And so we're told to just try harder. Try harder. You're not serious if you're still doing it. You try harder. But meanwhile, the whole time, that is sitting there, driving us crazy. And we might resist for a while. We're positive and we'll tell ourselves, I don't need to do that anymore. And I don't do and you know what? I have I have support groups around me and they keep me accountable. But when nobody's looking, and it doesn't matter, it's just going to be quick. Yeah, I'm good. Okay, Mom. Here's the point. Trying harder is a good thing, but it's not the answer. And you and I know, because the hurtful things we do in our lives, we have tried hard. Having help is a good thing, but trying harder isn't the answer to these addictions, these problems, the stuff that we face in our life. We still have them. Ask yourself, how many years have you been telling yourself you're going to stop doing something? How many years have you told yourself, I'm not going to act like that? How many years has went by when this is the last time I won't do that again? My guess is for most of us or all of us, it's been years. We don't do it as much. We don't do it as obvious. But it never went away, did it? And I believe it's because of this, and I know this is true. And, and you know what? We can all find a deliverance. We just have to have a different approach. Because trying harder isn't working. Because all of our focus is on a symptom, and we are not addressing the problem. Our behavior is not our issue. This is the issue. It is a heart issue. And we are told to work on our behavior, change our behavior, stop doing this, really focus on it, get all this positive support, and don't do it. And here's the problem. 
The problem never goes away. Because the issue is not what we're doing. The issue is why we're doing what we're doing. And Jesus addressed this so clearly. It's, it's so clear. It, it, it's the answer. He loves us. It, this is what it's about. He says, food doesn't go into your heart. He was talking about religious behaviors of don't eat or drink this and don't do that. This kind of a thing about religious foods. So the problem isn't the food. The problem isn't what you're taking in. Listen, it doesn't go into your heart, but only passes through the stomach and then goes into the sewer. We know how that process works. By saying this, he declared that every kind of food is acceptable in God's eyes. But he goes on to make this is what the point is about. And then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. It's not your behavior that's defiling you. It's what's coming from the inside that defiles. For from within, out of the person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. We keep working on the outside. We keep trying to not act this way and not do that. And the whole time, that's not even the problem. The problem is in here. This is where the problem is. It's in our heart. As a matter of fact, so much so that Jesus said, you know it's wrong to murder. Okay, I'm going to control my actions and I'm not going to murder. But he, he got right to the point. He said, if you hate somebody, you're guilty of murder. It's in here that matters. When you carry it out physically, it's just you carried it out. But what in here is the problem? He said, hey, if you commit adultery, you know that's bad. But he said, if you have lust in your heart, you are guilty of adultery. It is in here that matters. And here is where we as a culture, even, even as church, we so many times, we so often try. We, we focus on the what we're doing. And what we're doing isn't the issue it's the why we're doing it is the issue. We keep trying to fix the symptoms and avoid the problem. The problem isn't what we're doing. The problem is why are we doing it? Why am I be, why do I have such anger? Why am I yelling at people? Why? Oh, it's in here. I'm angry inside. I'm mad at God. Something wasn't right. I am mad in here. Therefore, it comes out at other people. And I'll try not to yell at other people, but boy, it just boils in here. Why do you do what you do? Selfishness. Why do we only care about what we want? Why do we, I don't care what you want. I'm selfish. It's this, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I don't care about you. Why? Hey, I know that's the behavior. What's the why in there? The why is because I feel on the inside like I'm better. Like I, I need this. I'm the one that's most important here. That's the problem. It's what's in here. These behaviors that we have, it's the why are we doing that? Do you ever stop to think, what motivates? Why is the action and the addiction the way it is? Why do I, why can I not control my spending? Why? I'll just try hard not to. You'll uh, go spend again on ridiculous stuff. Why? Because there's something in here that's not satisfied. And we think, I'm going to satisfy a little more today. I'm going to, 
you know what? I'm just going to get some satisfaction. And I said, wow, that's good. Okay, I'm good for a while. It's in here that is the issue. Here's the hope for all of us. This is what the series is about. This is what Christianity is about in this life. I mean, ultimately, it's being in heaven with God forever. But in this life, it's all about this. The Holy Spirit gives us the power, is the power to transform this. Sometimes, too, we pray, Oh, God, oh, Holy Spirit, control my behavior. Stop this behavior. Help me stop doing this. That's the wrong prayer. Holy Spirit, transform what's in here. Transform what's causing it. Transform the why I'm doing what I'm doing. Transform my heart. And here's the awesome thing. The Holy Spirit has the power. It is his design, his purpose for being in the world is to magnify the presence of God's heart inside of us. Because when we experience, not just learn about, anybody can learn that God loves you, but when we experience God's love, it changes our heart, which changes our perspective, which changes our desires, which changes our want, which changes our life. And, and so oftentimes, especially in Christianity, it seems like we're always working on that behavior, working on that behavior. And guess what? Have fun working on it the rest of your life. It will not change till this changes. And only the Holy Spirit has the power to transform what's in here, to actually create God's presence in here. The Holy Spirit, when we allow him to work in our lives and magnify God, he produces something. He accomplishes change in our life. And the Bible often talks about this as fruit, the result of what the Holy Spirit, when you and I allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, this is the result that we get in our life. The Holy Spirit produces, he makes something happen in here. He produces this kind of fruit or results in our life. He produces love in us. He produces joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. There's no law against these things. Listen, we don't have to compare these things. We don't have to watch. We don't have to monitor these things. These things are the very heart and character of God and they are produced in us as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform this and not behaviors. This produces changed behaviors when we allow God, the Holy Spirit, and the presence of God change our heart. We're selfish for a reason because I'm so important. When we experience God, we find out that He's more important. And ours goes away. Our, our, um, our need to buy, our need to get things. Hey, when we get contentment in our life, the need goes away. It just goes away. When we allow the Holy Spirit to transform this, our behaviors will follow. I have an analogy here that's quite tasty. I don't know if you can see this from where you are, but this is a double-decker, triple-chocolate, moist 
covered in frosting chocolate cake. It is so moist. It all it just almost holds together like a brownie. See? Be quiet, Mom. <laughs> On the outside, this frosting is so I mean sugary and sweet, but it also has some hard chocolate on it. So you get this really soft chocolate frosting with this hard, almost like candy bar chocolate. Come on. No. Sit down, Mom. Go ahead. Lost. I don't care. Here's my point. When I am being filled with it, when I'm enjoying this, I'm not thinking about an Oreo cookie. It doesn't even enter my mind. I am not saying, stay away from Oreo, stay away from Oreo, stay away from Oreo, make sure you don't eat that, make sure you don't eat that, okay, control your behavior. I don't have to. You could offer me, there's an Oreo right there. I'd much rather have this. Forget the Oreo. I don't want the Oreo when I'm filled. And from tonight, what's this? This is just an analogy. It's not perfect. But you can see the point. When we allow the Spirit of God to transform what's in our heart, those hurtful desires just fade away. They're no longer an attraction. I don't need that to fill me when I'm full. And it's a process. It's what the Holy Spirit does. And, and like I said earlier, it's, it's, what, it's what Christianity is about. It's what this church has been talking about for years and years and years. That when you and I spend time with God and allow the Holy Spirit to transform our hearts into the very heart of God, his fullness and his contentment and his joy, it, it overrides everything else in our life. Our needs go away when we are filled with God. And it is a process that, that as, this, as we spend time, as we abide, as we, as we connect with God and allow the Holy Spirit to magnify Him, it produces transformation in our life. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom from all this trying. There's freedom from all of that. We are just transformed. So all of us who have had the veil removed that we accepted Christ and what he did for our lives and we have a relationship with God, can we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more and more every day, every week, every month, like him as we are changed into his glorious image. This is the awesomeness of Christianity. That once we put our faith in Jesus, we now have a relationship with, the Holy, with God, the Father, and allow the Holy Spirit to absolutely transform us into the image and likeness of God. That it's, it's more and more and more. The more you and I spend time with God and allow 
the Holy Spirit to reveal God's presence to us. It moves from knowing God loves us to experiencing God love, God's love, and it even moves past that to actually having God's love. He transforms our evil heart and our evil desires and selfishness into his very heart, that we become more and more like the glory of God. If you and I are going to work on something, the time you spend working on trying to change your behaviors, if you would take that time and work on experiencing God, we would all see results in our life, that we would be transformed under the image and likeness of God. I know for my own addictions, which I have so many flaws and so many things that, that are, are bothersome, and, and some of them aren't outward, like you can't see, wow, he has you know, a real problem here. Most of them you can't see, but they're in here, and they're hurtful to me, and they hurt others. Not probably as clearly. I, this, this desire I have to, to be somebody, uh, it's just, it's huge. It's, it's this desire to be somebody. I want to be important. Well, where's that coming from? It's coming from, why do I want to be that way? Why? Because inside I don't feel important. But I have noticed in my life, as a matter of fact, I've found great freedom doesn't have to be about me, is I've allowed my heart to be transformed into the image of God that I realize, not in my head, but through experience, it doesn't need to be about me because it's about God. It's about God. God is the one who satisfies. God is what I'm satisfied just being about, about God and, and feeling important or valued. One thing to know God loves you, but to experience I'm God's favorite when I'm in his presence. There's nothing else more important to God than me. I am that important to him. But only knowledge of it doesn't cut it. Allowing the Spirit to transform me into experiencing God in his fullness transforms those desires. Those hurtful desires, I have less and less need for it all the time. I feel more and more complete and full in God's presence. What's your issue? If you don't think you have one, that's a bigger issue than anybody in this room. I'm not kidding. What's your issue? Is it selfishness? Is it pride? Is it an addiction of pornography? Is it gossip? Is it jealousy? What is it? And the reason that's there is because there's something wrong in here. And there's only one thing that can change that, and it absolutely will change that when you and I allow the Holy Spirit to transform us into the very image and likeness of God. This, uh, in, a, in a few minutes, we are going to, uh, we're going to s close out our service in, in worship and, and kind of prayer, but I want to kind of lead you into what we're going to pray. This isn't made up by me. This is made up by the Apostle Paul praying for Christian people just like you and I. And I want you to think about this because this is where we want to go. He says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you 
with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to understand, to experience how wide and how long and how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It goes way past, I know God loves me. It goes past that into, I know God loves me. I experienced that. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And we're going to pray as we worship that we would be filled with all of the fullness of God. And before we sing, I just want to lead us in a prayer. Father, Father, I just pray that we would open up our hearts to you. Open up our hearts to you and stop defending our faults and stuff. So, well, there's a reason I'm like this. Lord, we just want to surrender all that. How about this reason? Father, I am a flawed human being, and I'm just trying to take care of myself and protect myself. And Father, I don't need to. You will. You will. And as we sing these songs, I want to allow, I do allow the Holy Spirit to come into every crevice of my heart and to fill me with your presence, your glory, your fullness. Father, I open myself up to you. And as we sing with that attitude, keep that as a prayer. If you're at home, um, the video will stop here, but take some time, turn on some worship music. Open your heart to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you God himself.